Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Taz Show, where on every episode of the show, I am determined to help you find your superpowers and the secrets to living a charged and powerful life. Joining me today is Paula Rizzo. Paula, I have met in New York. She is amazing. She's an Emmy Award-winning television producer, a best-selling author, a media trainer, and a strategist. As a former senior health producer for Fox News Channel for more than a decade, she produced media segments with a range of top experts, including JJ Virgin, Jillian Michaels, Deepak Chopra. She's a media veteran for nearly 20 years, and she's also worked in local news in New York City. And she's got just a list of amazing shows under her belt all throughout the city. She coaches, she writes, what does she not do? Welcome to the show, Paula. Well, Paula, thank, thank you so much for having me. We are thrilled to have you here, and you know we're excited to jump in and talk about your book. Uh, your book is Listful Living. Give me maybe just a brief blurb of what motivated you to write that book. Yeah, the book is a journal of uh, how to get less stressed and still get stuff done, and that's something that I hear I hold near and dear to my to my heart as a TV producer. Well, we're going to dig deeper into that, but I really want the audience to know your story. And so we're going to learn a little bit more about what you did with the media and how that led to the book as well. So I created all of their health and wellness content. And, you know, as you had mentioned, I worked with people like Deepak Chopra and Julie Michaels, and it was really great. It was really fun. I enjoyed it very much. And prior to that, I worked in local news in New York. And so I have spent my whole career helping people to get out there and to tell their stories and to, you know, do things that are going to make a difference. I worked with a lot of doctors and a lot of nutritionists and in the health and wellness world, it's all about how can we make somebody's life different, right? How can we right. really give right. them something to use that's tangible? And so I really just, I enjoyed that so much. I loved it. And uh, I, I left Fox about almost two years ago to go okay. out on my own, to do some, to, to media train and, and do strategy for people, help them to pitch media better and also to perform better on camera because mm -hmm. it broke my heart when there were experts who were so passionate about what they did, but they just couldn't articulate it on camera. Right. And so we couldn't book them them. You know, it was like, yeah. oh, it's such a good message, but we just can't do it because this right. is a visual medium and you have to be able to play the game and do it. Everything so I thought, you know, you know yeah, about, like how you can relate that. It's not, you know, I'm such a writer at heart, but everything is so much like, you know, how can you articulate it? What does it come across as on video? You know, can you connect to the audience? All of those things. So that's fascinating. Exactly. Yeah. So I thought, you know what, if I could help other people now, you know, it's not just to get on Fox news, but to get in any medium. And also you can produce any video yourself, wherever you are, you could be live right now if you want to from your phone. So it's pretty yeah, amazing. Amazing. What have your biggest lessons been from the media industry and from the news world? What are some of the three things you walked away with there that maybe the audience might, might find interesting or curious or any huh. of those type of things? Well, you know what is interesting is that as members of the media, we tell everybody, you know, don't go out in the snowstorm. Don't overwork yourself. Don't, you know. You do that. Uh, and we all do it. We yeah. all do. We do the absolute opposite of everything yeah. that we tell everyone to do, you yeah. know. And so uh, I think, you know, more and more now it's getting a little bit better where yeah. we're kind of coming, coming together to say, hey, wait a second. Why is everybody burnt out in the newsroom? Why can't people see straight? Why are people right. leaving the business? It's like because we're not 
taking care of ourselves, right? Our health is not really a priority. And uh, I think that's starting to happen a little bit. The change is starting to happen maybe a tiny bit, but there's a lot to learn in those newsrooms as far as health and wellness. And I was fortunate enough to be producing a lot of those videos. So we were like, hey, we need to go do this for our health or we need to go do that. And and it it was helpful, but nobody else is really getting on that train just yet. Interesting. That reminds me a little bit of, quite honestly, of medicine. Because in medicine, in the hospital setting, even in the private practice setting, you're on the move. Like it's go, go, go all day long. You might forget to eat lunch. I do that all the time. You know, you forget sure. to see daylight, but we're talking to people every day about stress management and how to, how to balance their lives. So sometimes you end up feeling like a hypocrite, but I, I do notice my youngest sister is doing residency right now and she's significantly younger. She's about 20 years younger than me, but I do notice that there are a lot more rules about you have to go home at a certain ah. time. You know, you can't stay overnight if you work this many hours, you know, so it's, I right. see the shift It's slow, but media and, and medicine, very similar paces of life for sure. So oh, I think that sure. is, uh, you know, I'm sure you've walked away with a ton of amazing experience. Were you burned out during that whole time of your life or not necessarily? Well, I'll tell you why I was burnt out. I was burnt out because I was doing not only from the news, like working in the news business and, and uh, you know, doing my full-time job, but then I always, I always had a side hustle. I right. always had something else that I was doing on the side. Huh, so okay. I would work my regular job, you know, I'd be there, I'd be doing my thing. And then my first book came out almost five years ago. And so I was working in the newsroom at the time, but I wrote that book nights, weekends, you know, holidays. So I wasn't really taking a break because I really wanted to do it, you know? And right, so you right. kind of get into that mode of like, all right, I can do all of it. And I, and I did, I was able yeah. to get it out there and then promote it and, but it's a lot when you're working a full-time job as well. Yes, definitely. Definitely. So did you at some point, and, and you know, I do a lot of media, you know, and we've talked about that before, but I was mm-hmm. at CNN recently and, you know, I actually 15 years ago used to go to CNN consistently and some of the same people are there. It's fascinating, you know, but we talked a lot about burnout when I went back there and, um, you know, just sort of what the pace has been like for them over all these years, how it may have taken the toll on their health you know, and all of that other stuff. At what point in your career, maybe with Fox, did you feel like maybe your health was shifting or there was something different that motivated you to maybe take a different path? Well, my appendix burst. And oh. so when okay. that happened, that, that was a very morning. dramatic morning. Yes. <laughs> yes. Very dramatic way of saying, hey, maybe you should slow down over here. Maybe you're doing a little yeah. too much. You're not even listening to your body. Right. So I waited two days with pain uh, because I I was like, oh, it's probably food poisoning. Yeah, it'll probably go away. I mean, and I have been in doctor's office interviewing doctors, in ORs, in ERs. Right. Like it's one right. of those like sh- you should know better. If something right. feels weird, this is the thing you tell everyone to do, right? Not me. I was like, nah, that's it. it'll go away. It'll be fine. Well, it didn't. And it burst and I was in the hospital for eight days. I was out of work for six weeks. Um, you know, I lost 12 pounds. It, it was a really big wake up call for me. First off to like, listen to your body, you know, to really just go check it out. What, what would have been the harm if I had gone a day earlier? It would not have right. ruptured. I wouldn't have had all of these complications. Um, and then to really look and see what was I putting on my to-do list? What was mm-hmm. the pressure I was putting on myself? And that was a year after my first book launched. And mm-hmm. I was saying yes to everything. So not only was I doing that full-time job, you know, um, as best I could, but I was also going to every networking event saying yes to every podcast, every speaking engagement, everything. Cause you think if I don't say yes now, it'll go away. I won't be able to get it back. 
which now I know is not the case. Right. Uh, but that right. for me was sort of like, okay, what are you going to do here? You know, you could continue at this pace, obviously it doesn't work out or what can you do that will be able to really help you sustain a life that you want and not be burnt out. So did that, you know, so did, is that kind of what led to the book? The book is listful, listful living, living. Yeah. I'm going to mess up the alliteration there. So listful living and say that 20 times. So I know. And the first one is the first one's listful thinking. So it was like a lot of listful. It's a lot. I understand. It's a lot. Yeah. So (laughs) tell me, okay. So tell, well, I want to know about that too. So tell me about listful thinking and how that evolved into listful living and what the messages are there and what is the message that you're really trying to get out with this particular book? Yeah. So listful thinking, the first book is really the one-on-one. It's the why you should make lists, how you should make lists, because as a TV producer, it's really the only way I could keep on top of my game at work. I had to have a list going for everything that I was working on, both when I was in local news and when I was in national as well, just to, you know, there's so much stuff happening, but I wasn't really using the lists in the same way at home. And Mm -hmm. I noticed I was a little bit of a disaster because you don't want to do the things that you do at work at home. You want it to be easy and effortless and relaxing. And then I realized, oh, I'm kind of a disaster. So I need to use those lists. I need to really put some structure and boundaries into my day. Uh, And so the first book is really that, you know, why you should be doing this, best practices of how. And throughout, after that appendix burst, I really reevaluated, you know, the things that I was allowing on the list. I was doing too much, but a lot of it was driven by Mm -hmm. ego. You know, a lot of it was Mm -hmm. that I thought, oh, I should be doing that. And it Right. has to be me who does that. And, you know, and so to take a step back and no really idea say, what okay. you're talking about. All oh, right. So <laughs> weird, right? <laughs> what, what? What? I know. What a novel concept. <laughs> Anyhow. Totally. And so to be able to look and say, oh, wait a second. I had to take everything off my to-do list. I had no other choice. And the world still spun and things still got done, just not by me. You know, other people ended up doing the segments that I had uh, already booked at Fox. Like it all happened still. And uh, so from there, I really started to evaluate what was, what was my day looking like and what did I want it to look like? Especially when I started to work for myself. Because as you know, as a business owner, I mean, oh my gosh, you could work all day, every day. It's endless and the opportunities are endless. But you said something that I'm hoping the audience caught and anyone watching out there that you guys latched onto. So there's doing a list that many of us already do, right? Multiple lists for multiple things. I can show you, I didn't take it out. I should have had it out to show you, but I've got an administrative list, a patient care list, a kid list. I mean, I've got all the lists. But your point is that it's not about just making the list. It's about making the list intentional to represent yourself and what you really want. And that is the hard part. So how, and you may talk about this in your book, but how would you help anyone out there watching today who is wired like us and is doing 50,000 things and has children and a husband and maybe, you know, in-laws or a neighbor that's sick or whatever we as women are always trying to do and accomplish. How would that point of intentionality of the list or being in touch with what it is that we really want to do and should be prioritizing versus what we feel obligated to do and what we feel maybe ego called to do. Like, how do we, like, I still struggle with that quite honestly. I mean, I got, like I told you, I have 50,000 lists and sure. you know, 
I have a little bit of that too. If I don't do it, it's not going to be done right type mm-hmm. thing, which is not healthy. And I know that, you know, but again, yeah. it's like, well, what part of this do I want to let go? You know? Yeah, absolutely. And it is very much knowing yourself and knowing what your priorities are. And people think that they know what the priority is, right? but you have to sit down and there are exercises in the book to be able to say, okay, what is the priority right now? And it might change and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But to be able to identify what it is, so it's in your head, And then you make all your decisions based on that priority. So let's say like your new priority is that you need to sleep more, that you have, you know, your doctor has told you you're not getting enough sleep and it it does, I mean, you know, all the wonderful benefits of of sleeping a full night, you know, and you're not doing it. So if sleep is truly your priority, when you are asked to do a dinner party or you're asked to do something at night or networking, the answer is immediately no. Mm-hmm. You know that you can't do it because it's not aligned with your priority right now. It's not that you'll never do it again. It's just that right now I have to really make sure that I'm getting the sleep and that's where I'm putting my priorities. So I'm basing all my decisions on that, you know? So it's to be able to be crystal clear about it so that it's easier to know yes or no, I'm going to do it or I'm not going to do it. And all of us want to please people. We're people pleasers, right? right. We want to say, right. yes, we want Very to show much. up. We want. Yeah. It's really hard. I mean, this is stuff that I struggle with myself too. And I tell a lot of personal stories in the book because it's how mm-hmm. I sort of worked around everything. It's like, okay, how right. can we make this feel good? Right. But also- I don't lose all my friends, you know, and I don't lose all of my, uh, you know, opportunities and things like that. And some of it too is just the recognition that to be in an abundance mindset, you know, it will come back to you. There will be more. It doesn't have to be all at once. And that's a, it's, it's scary. It it really, really is. But the, the book is, is I've outlined it in a way so that you're really curious about in the first part how you're living right now. Like, what does mm-hmm. your life look like? Look at it like a journalist. Mm-hmm. Where are you with your productivity? Where are you with your stress levels? And then the second part is where would you like to be? If it was just blue sky, no limits, what would it look like? And then the last part is really practical. How do we bring those two together so that you're living a you know less stressed life? You're making more decisions for yourself. There's better self-care, but you're not, uh, you know, not getting things done. You're still getting stuff right. done. Well, you mentioned something I saw um, when I was looking at things. You mentioned something about timing your task to help with your productivity. Talk to me about that. That might be something. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. Yes. I think you'd be good at this. So this comes from my days as a TV producer, of course, and knowing Uh exactly how long things will take, you know, how long is 30 seconds? How long is a minute? Like I'm very in tune to time. Most people are not like that. And so most people think, oh, it'll take me five minutes to finish that task. Right. And maybe it takes you two minutes or maybe it takes you 15 minutes. You're just very unrealistic. And right. so to be able to time yourself and know, okay, it takes me exactly 10 minutes to put my makeup on if I'm doing it real fast or whatever. Yep. Yep. Do I have enough time to do that before I do this other thing? So that you can sort of like stack the things in your day according to how long you know it's going to take. How long is it going to take me to go get a cup of tea in between these interviews, let's say? You know, right. am I going to be able to have enough time or am I going to show up and be late and then be frantic? Right. So I also try to give myself some pad in between, and that's also a TV thing, yeah. giving pad in between so that you can like, you know, adjust if you need to. And when I first started working for myself, I was like, hey, my calendar's open from 10 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. Whenever anybody wants to come on in, you know? 
And then I was totally like, uh, uh-uh, uh, I can't do it. No way. So yeah. now I'm very intentional about the times, you know, of course I, I change it up if I have to, but for the most part, I do calls at like 1130. I do one at two and I do one at 3.30. I need yep. to leave myself a lunch break, yep. and I need to leave myself a little buffer in between if a call runs over or if I have to send a client right. or somebody, you know, some, some homework or whatever it is, prepare for right. the next call. So it's a kindness that you're doing to yourself, but it's also boundary setting, and it's, it's enabling you to really get more done because you're able to, to recharge in between, you know, so you're not going crazy. I love that because I think so many times it's very tempting to just be like, well, I can schedule that there. I can do that here. I can do that here. And you don't, in fact, I know just personally have a very, you know, rhythmic schedule unless I'm traveling or doing media or, you know, mm-hmm. other projects, but usually I'm seeing patients three days a week and I'm doing other things the other two days. Well, it's gotten to where the other two days are worse in terms of an energy drain than my patient yes. care days, because uh-huh. I'll slam the schedule. I'll run from one end of the city to the other end of the city. You know, I'm on calls, I'm on email, I'm on social, I'm right. you know, all over the place. And by the end of those days, I've, my husband has heard me say this over and over again. It's just like, I feel like I got run over by a truck, you know, and it's just yeah. not a good way to keep going. And, you know, so I can relate as I'm hoping it is not there can relate not. too. Is, I love that idea of thinking like a journalist. Like, what would a journalist say about your life? What would they, what would they think? Yes. Allowing this concept of padding. I think that's amazing. Um, so how and do don't you- judge yourself. I think that's the other thing. Don't judge it. Not, not, you know, initially don't judge it. Like people will feel like, oh, I'm not doing it right. Or, oh, I'm, you know, but it's like, nope, just look at it. Just check it out. See how it is. And how'd you feel? Oh, your stomach was a knot. Mm, this is probably not a good thing for you to continue right. to do, you know? Energy, right. Always judging your energy, like looking for those, like I noticed the pattern, like looking for those days that you just walk out drained rather than reinvigorated because, you know, we're not done. Again, the, the joy of being a woman is you're usually not done after you've scheduled that day. There are other responsibilities and other duties too. Yes. You have to be charged and engaged and ready for that or the people around you suffer significantly, you know? Oh, for sure. So I think for all sure. of that is such, you know, great advice. So what about deadlines? You can talk about lists. We can talk about knowing yourself and creating, creating the more intentional list that honors you and honors your boundaries. What do you think about deadlines? What advice do you have for folks, you know, trying to navigate those? And by the way, it's all too many stories, but I get to see so many amazing patients. Like some patients that work for really big companies, like it's a deadline every day. And it's like this amazing, like, you know, turn these reports and turn these numbers in, like there's a deadline and I feel it when I'm in the room with them. So how would, what would you say to them? Yeah. It can be very stress inducing, right? I mean, it does really charge you up, but it does allow you, I've always found to get, to get it done. You know, it's going to have to happen. You know, you're going to have to do it. I mean, that's from also from my days in live TV, like the show is going to happen at 5 PM, no matter what. So you have to have something, but I also think that it really is a, is a good lesson in, you know, good enough and doesn't have to be perfect. Ah. And so what are the things that you can do to let go, right? Because I think that's the problem is that we're perfectionists as well. We want it to be, of course you want to put out your best work. You know, I'm not saying do a, do a crappy right. job, right. but to be able to, to say, you know, I know this is, this is, it's got to ship. It's got to get out. I got to get it out of my head now so I can move on to something else. This is good right. enough. And so even, you know, from the news business, the same thing. It's like, hey, could I have interviewed one more person? Could I have gotten somebody else who maybe would have said something different? Yeah, but I ran out of time and this is what we had to put together and throw out there. You know what I mean? Right. So that people are informed. 
So I think to look at it that way too, you know, like, yes, it's a deadline and I think they're really good things. And I, I give myself many deadlines for different things as well, even now so that I can, um, you know, you're working towards something rather than it being like, oh, Monday, I'll just do a whole bunch of things on the to-do list. I'm very intentional about what kinds of things I do when, because right. I know myself and I kind of tap into when do I work best? What kinds of things do I like to do in the morning? What kind of things do I like to do in the afternoon? And I stack my day that way. And right. so if you, I call it your personal productivity style. Mm -hmm. So if you're not a morning person, I'm not going to tell you that you have to become a morning person. You know, right. some people have no choice if they're, you know, a morning show anchor or something like that, you got to show up. But you're, you're, you might not be doing your absolute best work at that time. So to really keep that in mind, and that's part of the book too, to identify that. Because some people don't, you wouldn't even know if I said that to you. Some people think like, oh, I'm a morning person. And truly you're not, you know, truly you actually get more yeah, done at interesting. night. Yeah, I've noticed that too, like trying to find patterns of when my brain is tapped out, you know, and shifting focus, you know, on that list over and over again. So I think that's such a great mm -hmm. piece of advice as well. And then what about, you know, are there, so I'm still hand to brain, old school pen and paper. I still like it, but again, like I told you, I have multiple lists. I've got a couple in here and then I've got a lot on a piece of paper too, because again, I still think, I don't know if it's our educational system, but I still think here and then I have to get it out here before it can go yes. anywhere else, you know? Um, is that the best, what's the best way to do a list? Is that the best way yeah. to do a list or do you like apps or do you like, what do you like? I do both. And I agree, you know, it, it really is what works for you. And people hate that answer because then they have to do the work to figure it out. You know, but a lot of times people ask me, what's the best pen to use? What's the best notebook? And it's, and I'm always like, it doesn't matter. And they hate that, but it really, you have to see what works for you. And if the pen and paper work, or, and if you want it to be color coded, great. You know, for me, yeah. what I do is I create a list by hand every night before I leave my desk so that I know, okay, this is, I'm closing the book on the day. And I did that when I was at Fox. I do, I do that now to be able to say, let's look towards tomorrow. I make daily lists. Right. What do I have to do tomorrow? What absolutely has to happen that I have like the time and the energy and the resources to do tomorrow. And this is where people fail because they overestimate what they can do. They mm -hmm. put down so many things and then they feel like a failure the next day when they don't get it all done. But the truth is you did not set yourself up for success. You have to know yourself. You have to know how much can you actually get done in a day. Right. So being able to really look at that day and say, okay, here's specifically the things I know that I can do and specifically, or I can give to somebody else or what piece of it, like you're not going to write, write book on tomorrow's to-do list. There was absolutely no <laughs> way you can do that. Right. So what is the, right. One day, that's what you get. Yeah. So what is the tiny piece of that, that you could do? That's what you write down. So be very specific about it. And then that way, when you look at it, you come in in the morning. That's why I like to do it at night. You come in in the morning and you're like, okay, this is my roadmap. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is my intention is already set. You might get derailed. Things might not, you know, go exactly as you thought, but at least you have that to come back to. Because yep. so often I find if I do get distracted or other people are pulling you in different directions, you kind of just lose track of what it is that you wanted to do. So if you have it right there for you to, to go back and refer to, then it makes it much easier. Um, and I also do use some apps as well, you know, like you were saying, mm -hmm. but I use them very intentionally. I know exactly what kinds of lists I'm putting in those different apps. Got it. So even if you have a lot, 
Yeah. You know, and, and a lot of those are like, like I use Wonderlist is, is one that I like. Um, and I use that for stuff that I need, like at the grocery store or if I'm going to Sephora or, you know, so I know that that's sort of like a shopping app for me. You could use it for whatever you want, but for me, it's like, I want to know where those lists live and I can't have it in like notes, you know, like the iPhone notes, whatever. There's just too much there. Then I lose track. Right. I like that. I think that's so helpful. And the, you know, one of the things I love the most about this concept is how you're tying it to self-care and how this particular skill is, I think, self-care for us, but it's also self-care if we're raising children or trying to teach others how to be, or have employees even, like trying to help them navigate what's, what's ahead for them. Because I think so many people lack the basic ability to create roadmaps and chunk things off in a way that doesn't then create all the stress and anxiety and then either leads to poor performance or brain fog or poor grades or just anxiety, you know, any of those things. So connect this concept of living listfully or, or a listful life with, or listful living with um, self-care. How do those dots connect? Yeah. And most people, I think, get self-care wrong. They think it has to be a week-long vacation. It has right. to be a $300 massage. It has to be over the top. You know, self-care is this for me is the small moments, the small things you can put into your day. And so this, the book really gives you the space to kind of think through what do I need? What would I, what would make me feel better? And like, for me, I, you know, I said, I need a half hour buffer between calls. That to me is self-care. If I'm able to do that, that is enough. You know, I try and give myself an extra day when I come back from traveling that I'm not talking to people. I'm probably working, but I'm, I'm putting probably an extra day on my out of office. I'll be around, but I'm not going to have everybody flood the gates. You know, I need that time for me. And I know for me, I'm less stressed when I do that. Uh, it could be other tiny little things, having a cup of tea, you know, reading a, a chapter of a book in between, you know, you got something done on your to-do list. So you give yourself a, a, a reward. You can go read a, a chapter of some book that you that you love. It's those right. little things. It doesn't have to be over the top. It doesn't have to be super expensive. It can just really be these little moments in your day where you feel charged up and fulfilled again. I think that's so great. Well, these are, you know, it is true. Self-care we always think of as like the latest wellness trend or, you know, the latest diet or whatever else, but it is the tiny things that add up and that accumulate and create who we are and create our stress state or our happiness state or our joy state. And then going back to something you mentioned that I wanted to make sure I got back to creating that state of abundance, because I think what the frenetic energy is about, and again, I'm in this too, or have been in the past at least, is it's going to go away. You know, this opportunity will go, this person will go, you know, this financial thing will go, you know, everything's going to go away. You know, how do we stay in that state of abundance or in that state of flow where, you know, we kind of have that reassurance that things aren't going to go away. They're not going to leave us. They usually come right back yeah. to us. Where, where can we get some help there? It is important to look at the things that are working because a lot of times we're always looking at what's next and me too, you know, I mean, I just put this book out and I'm already like, Hey, I'm working on the next idea. You know, I'm on to the next thing, yeah. but to really ground yourself and to say, okay, I realize that this opportunity is coming this way, but I, if I take it now, everything else is going to fall apart. 
And look right. at how great all these other things are. You know, I'm grateful for, I'm big into like gratitude lists. I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for that. And it really, I really need to work on it. You know what I mean? I really need to stop myself and get out of that spin and just say, oh, okay, well actually look at all this awesome stuff that's going on. Why aren't I being grateful for it? You know? And so that kind of will jerk me out of it. And I'm like, okay, you're fine. You know, <laughs> this is actually, this would be great, but let's see if we could put it off. And also just having words and being able to um, speak in a way where, where, you know, you're not going to close the door on that, right? You're going to be able to keep that opportunity open. And people I find respect you even more when you say no sometimes, yes. you know, to be able to come out. Yeah. And say, you know, I, I, I really want to do this. I know I can't do it in my schedule. Could we look at it next spring? Or could I suggest somebody else to help you? Or, you know, just to have and be really fast and really definitive about it. If I'm going to say no to something, I say it really fast. I know I can't go to that, that meeting or that thing. I can't do it. Nope. Let's try another time, you know? So, but that's taken a lot of time to, to get to to do that. Yeah. Right. Well, I think, you know, if you're out there watching us today, I know the majority of you, especially women, we are not great about saying no. We're really great about saying yes, but then we get very stressed by our yeses. And that ultimately undermines the very self-care that I at least keep talking about when it comes to improving your health and your wellness and really finding your personal power and being the best version of you that you're supposed to be. And so I think I'm hearing from Paula today, and I've heard from so many that have been on the show and people that are just out there too right now talking about abundance and staying in that state of abundance. So I love the idea mm -hmm. of a gratitude list or a joy list or not just a to-do list, right? Because that's how we usually think of lists, but, but using it for these other purposes as well. Because again, I think Paula, you're with me on this. We're not telling anyone to, to slow down or to stop. We're just saying to be intentional, to be grounded, to be purposeful, and to honor yourself. And I think those are the things that we all often forget. Mm. Anything mm. else you want to throw out there before we leave you today, Paula? This has been very helpful. Yeah, I'm glad. I, you know, I, I think my last note would really be go easy on yourself. And yeah. that's the thing. We put so much pressure on ourselves. It's self-inflicted. You know, we look and say, oh, I didn't do this. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. Do you even want to do that? Do you even need to do it? Uh, just really look at it. Give yourself a break sometimes because we're we're really we're the cause for a lot of a lot of those issues, you know. Um, and just to be a little kinder to yourself. Wonderful advice. Thank you for your time today. If anyone wants to connect with you, what's the best way to do so? Sure, they can go to listfulliving.com and check out the book. Uh, and I have some list making tools and tricks on there uh, that they can sign up for. And then for media training and coaching, it's paularizzo.com. Fantastic. So the book is Listful Living. It's Paula Rizzo. Check it out. Enjoy your life. Make it intentional. Make it grounded and work from a state of abundance, not from frenetic energy. It doesn't work for any of us. And trust me, I've done that too. And thank you all for joining me for this episode of Superwoman Wellness, which by the way, is now on Spotify as well. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review it and share it with your friends. If you'd like to connect with me, I'm on Instagram, it's Dr. Taz MD or Facebook, Dr. Taz MD as well. I will see you guys next time. Thank you.